Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie, and that's it. You all might be wondering, what does he mean by that? I am literally alone in the studio right now. Who does he think he is? Is he egotistical enough to think that he could carry an entire conversation on his own? Well, I'll tell you what, you guys. I've heard other radio stations do it. That's the old style of radio where there's just one radio host and he's just going. What is a podcast if not a radio show? So there's countless reasons why I'm doing this alone right now. One of which being that Preston is not in town right now. Before he gets back in town, I am going to be out of town in Miami. So that's going to be exciting. Another reason why I'm doing this alone is because I have topics that have an expiration date on. If we waited two weeks to talk about some of these things, then they would just be completely irrelevant. They wouldn't really be worth talking about at all. So I've got some takes. You guys know that. I have some things to say about a thing or two. So fuck it, dude. Let's just get into it. So you all might have seen something about this alien hearing the other day, and no one seems to give a fuck about it. And we're going to talk about that too. But basically, the clip from the hearing that everyone is talking about, it's these old military officials that are retired, so they can talk about some of these things. They got the security clearance to talk about these things, but they don't really have any repercussions for talking about them. I say that until they mysteriously go missing from the CIA, but that's another thing. The clip that's been salacious and has been going around social media, not only do they have possession of a UFO craft, or now they're calling it a UAP Which is short for... I don't even know what it's short for. But I don't know why they have to change the name of things. Like, that's that's what constitutes progress nowadays. Just changing the name of things. But yeah, not only do we have possession of a crash UFO. But they admitted that there were non-human biologics on the craft. So, what does that mean? Does that mean aliens? Could mean livestock for all we know, but I feel like they would have said, yeah, there were some sheep in there if that were the case. I think that's part of the reason why nobody really reacted to it. But this is as definitive proof as we're going to get that there are alien species on this planet. So, why now? And why doesn't anyone care about it? I think... Us not caring about just shows how jaded we are on government information. Because everyone's like, yeah, what what makes you think that what the government says is true? Well, why would they be saying this if it wasn't true? And I get it if people are saying that it's supposed to be like a distraction or whatever. But still, this is the most concrete evidence we have ever had that aliens are on this planet. I feel like I'm the only one to care about it. I've I've talked with different people about it, and they were just like, yeah, yeah, we kind of already knew that there were aliens here. And it was like, well, did I miss that memo? Because <laughs> I did not hear about that. So I have this uh, slideshow of memes. One person says, bro, I don't care if aliens are real. I want to be able to go to the dentist. 
It's a stupid meme. Y'all talking about aliens, but wings are $14 or they used to be $8. These are some pretty bad memes. One of these memes Preston posted on the podcast. He might be listening to this. I don't care. Earth boiling, roasting, toasting, workers striking. Everything's expensive, but the government is trying to distract us with aliens. I don't know, man. I don't know if we're just too jaded as a species. Maybe we are too far gone. The fact that nobody cares about life foreign to this earth being on this earth, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that no one gives a fuck about this. I saw a different thing that was older that said there were two species of aliens already confirmed to live on this planet. That scares me a little bit. I mean, just on a base level, that would function as, like, invasive species, right? There would be nothing on this planet that would eat them or be interested in them at all, so they would just go crazy. What if that's what squirrels were? That would explain why there's so many fucking squirrels in this world. Only rednecks are the ones that fucking eat squirrels, and those are few and far between. Something that I also think is interesting that nobody's talking about, I think we should revisit the theory that the reason why technology took such a jump in the last 30 years or so is because we got alien technology and we've been reverse engineering it ever since. I think that's possible. I'd kind of like for there to be alien contact because maybe they'd be able to save us. Maybe they'd be able to do something with our whole situation. I don't know. That's just the one-sided ramblings of a madman. So another thing that I wanted to talk about today is that Utopia finally came out by Travis Scott. And something that concerns me about it is no one wants to give him any credit for it. They want to give Kanye credit for everything. Kanye has no vocal performance on this album, but he is entirely responsible for it, if you ask anyone on Twitter. Even if you don't ask, even if you're just on it. Twitter is X now, by the way, which we'll talk about that too. But I have a problem when an artist does something great and no one wants to give any credit to it. Because this project is worth the hype. It's worth the five-year wait that we waited for it. After all of the controversies and stuff with the Astroworld stuff, I was concerned that it would be good at all. And one of the questions that I was asking myself before it came out was, would Travis Scott talk about the Astroworld tragedy a lot because one he's not a rapper's rapper he's not like a Kendrick Lamar where he's going to talk about all these problems in such great detail because he's never been like that and that's not a knock against him by any means but if he tried to be preachy about it then I feel like it wouldn't have worked as well but at the same time it would have been kind of gross if he just didn't touch on it at all he did talk about it it was only like one line that he talked about it but he talked about other things too so it's not his responsibility to write a whole album about it like i said but he says basically on the song my eyes that he keeps playing it back in his head and he would do anything to jump into the crowd and save a child basically. I feel like a lot of people are overlooking that. Obviously, that doesn't absolve him if you think he did that shit on purpose as a satanic sacrifice or 
whatever crazy ass shit that people believe about that thing. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff about it. The same day that the album released, sorry, I know I'm all over the place, thousand page report that came out from the police about the Astroworld tragedy. That got a lot of people thinking, and Travis Scott's legal team basically came out and said that it was a tactical attack on Travis Scott by attacking him when he kind of needs people to not think he's a piece of shit to want to support him on the release of his five-year-long-waited, his fourth album. I think that's a little fucked up from the police. I obviously wouldn't put it past them. They're trying to act like it's a coincidence or something. I think we all know better than that, I think. Y'all want to talk about how police treat celebrities different? Because it's hard to measure, right? Because celebrities have more visibility, so we see them a lot of the times getting targeted by the police. But sometimes them having fame and money and respect, they're able to get away with some shit. They got the best lawyers that are known to man. The fact that they're so in the public eye, and with a lot of these rappers, their illegal activities are so much in the public eye that I think the police ego gets involved and they think, well, if the celebrities are able to do it, then everyone's going to think they're going to be able to do it. I think that's fucked up, but I think that's probably how it goes. I want to talk about what I said earlier about how Kanye is getting all the praise from Travis Scott's album, unfairly so. The The album is very weird, and it's getting a lot of comparisons to Yeezus because of some industrial sounds, industrial and synth sounds that Yeezus used 10 years ago. I don't think that these comparisons are fair because I think Travis has always worn his influence on his shoulder. He has a line on the album where he's like, I'm loyal bitch, I choose yay over Biden, which is a funny line. But not only that, he was in those Yeezus sessions before Travis Scott was even a name. He was working on Yeezus with production and shit with Kanye when that shit was being made. So, to write it off and say that that's only Kanye, I think, if anything, this is proof to the contrary that Travis Scott really had his hands on Yeezus. Part of this is him reclaiming his sound a little bit. There are also comparisons to Donda, because songs like God's Country were originally going to be on Donda when it came out, but they were cut because... God's Country isn't that good of a song. But even, like, everyone loved about Utopia that it had hidden features that they were able to just press play on the album and not know who was going to be on it. First of all, I think that's a stupid thing to praise about an album in general because if you're looking at the whole track list as you're listening to it before you even do a full first listen, then obviously you're going to get spoiled Obviously, you're going to see the features in the track list. I, I like to go into the listen blind. I don't even like to listen to the singles a lot of the time. The only time I listen to singles are when it's not in promotion for an album. Like, if it's just a one-off single where it's like, yeah, the album could come out a year later, then I'll listen to it. Or if it's an album that I don't give a fuck about, then I'll listen to it. People were trying to praise Travis Scott for the hidden features. 
and people were saying, I saw somebody say on Twitter, how can you praise Travis Scott for doing hidden features when Kanye did it first? People want to give Kanye credit for fucking everything. You're not allowed to praise anybody if Kanye has done anything first. So I was just like, bro, are you serious? We're gassing up Kanye because of hidden features. We're gonna act like that was so influential of Kanye. Kanye fans make me hate Kanye so much more. Cause the fact that there are still Kanye dick riders that are trying to not excuse or absolve anything Kanye's done, but they just pretend it didn't happen. They just pretend that they've separated music from the artist this whole time. Like, they haven't been sucking Kanye's dick. And they're still sucking Kanye's dick. But they're like, well, the music's good. Come on, man. Come on, man. So, for musical intermission, I am going to play a song off of Utopia. What I love about this song is just how fucking weird it is. So I've got to play that for you guys now. Even in the winter, it's a summer jam. I told the buckle up, this is going down. It's like, ah! listen to Modern Jam by Travis Scott and Tizo Touchdown. This has been one of the more controversial tracks on the album, I feel like. I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, I don't like this, but I love that song. Let me tell you what I love about it. It has an undeniable old school quality about it, and it being called Modern Jam, I think that's kind of on purpose. There's kind of these boom bap 808s, and... And the flow is very reminiscent off of, I don't even know how to describe it, just the way that he's rhyming. It sounds like an older rhyme style. But with that, there's all of these weird synthy electronic sounds and industrial sounds. Travis is doing this really weird voice on top of it. Not in the verses, but in what they call the chorus. I don't know if it is... I would consider it a chorus because it's not much of a hook by any means. He says, to the maker, vibrator. It just sounds like, I don't know what I would say that voice sounds like. It sounds like, I don't know. The lyrics are funny to me. I think some people take Travis Scott too seriously. I think some of these are definitely meant to be tongue in cheek. Like when he says, I need to buy a girl on a bicycle. That's pretty funny, bro. That's pretty funny. But he says, uh, my dick's so hard poking like the Eiffel, I just need the world I ain't hard to please. That's a clear reference to Backseat Freestyle by Kendrick Lamar, where he talks about having his dick hard like the Eiffel Tower and fucking the world for 72 hours, which is another legendary song. The real cherry on top to this whole song is the Tizo touchdown feature. I haven't really been able to get into his solo music. In fact, just the other day, I tried to get into it, and it sounded very ticky-tocky as far as just very niche-specific songs that I feel like that would be where 
they were popular from. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what it feels like. Like, there's a song where he talks about being in rush hour traffic. So, the whole song is him talking about what he does at this time, what he does at this time. And then the hook, the whole culmination of it is him being in rush hour traffic at 5. 5 o'clock is what it's called. Yeah, I haven't been able to get into a solo music like that. But, for some reason... Every time I've heard a feature from him, it's just been fire. There's a song with Rico Nasty that he did called Messy. That song is fire. And he does kind of some weird vocals there like he does on here. And then he gives a rap verse on the Lil Yachty album from earlier this year on a song called The Ride. And I absolutely love his part as well. It brings a lot of character and depth to that record with just that verse in my opinion but his singing at the end of this track is so exaggerated is so over the top it sounds like it sounds like some shit you would hear in the 80s it literally sounds like some shit like that (laughs) Uh oh i know you're lying outside waiting in the line I'm going to cut that out. That sounded bad. But what he brings to the track is so fucking great. And all all of that contributes to the theme of this. Even though this is being called the modern jam, it's reminiscent of older music a lot of the time. That kind of goes to what the album is about, in my opinion. I think that the reason that there's a lot of these different influences on the record and there's so many different sounds. I think this is Travis Scott trying to find that next sound for hip-hop. At the very beginning of the album, there's this super strange vocal sample, and it has no context at all, but I think usually the first lyrics and the last lyrics of an album are usually pretty impactful. So let me play that for you. If you didn't catch that, the situation that we're in, it's not a good one, but it's not unblessed. It can change or it can stay the same. I think kind of the implication there is that he's talking about music. I think the implication there is that the sound is in a rut and it can be exactly the same or it could progress forward. And I think a lot of this album is him trying to figure out how to do that. And the con- kind of the conclusion of the album is telekinesis, where he says this is the future of the bounce, and it's a very futuristic, weird culmination of a lot of these sounds that he's working on in this album, which I think is the logical progression that it's just all the shit combined together. So when you think about it, and you think of him using all of these different, like, Yeezus sounds... And he's got Playboy Cardi on a song. The beat is reminiscent of something off of Whole Lot of Red, but it could easily be a new sound. It's got this weird new Cardi voice. It's it's a progression of what's already been popular. Same thing with uh, with Del Resto Echoes. I heard someone say that it could be a throwaway out of the last Beyonce album. I don't necessarily agree. 
but I think that all of these different sounds that are reminiscent of different, you know, eras and styles that have progressed hip-hop, I think that that's on purpose. I think that that's trying to make a new sound for rap. He even has the Alchemist on a track in here. So he's gathering all these different sounds together, and he's tweaking it, making them its own. He's combining different sounds together, and the culmination of it is the end of the album where he's like, okay, now that we have all this shit mixed up together, now we might have something to work with for the future. Are you all still listening to this? Am I Am I just droning on? It's possible that I am, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. One of the topics that I wanted to talk about because they had an expiration date on is the post-Barbie Oppenheimer world. There have been a few things that have happened that happened after we recorded the last episode that I kind of want to talk about. After the booming success of Barbie, now there are going to be a fuck ton of live-action movies based on Mattel toys. And this list is real. I had to check and make sure that this is real. But all of these these toys are going to have their own movie. Uno, Barney, Hot Wheels, Magic 8-Ball, American Girl, Major Matt Mason, I don't even know what that is, Masters of the Universe, Thomas the Tank Engine, and Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh lord, what have we done? We thought we were saving cinema. Now we've destroyed it again. Fuck, those sound terrible. How do you make a movie out of fucking Uno? How? I guess I'll just need to see it. Hopefully, one of these movies will come out and it'll be a massive flop. And it'll be like the Mummy Extended Cinematic Universe where they're just like, yeah, can it, can it. Here's another thing that I want to talk about. People are roasted up Seth Rogen. And I gotta defend my guy. Because this shit pisses me off. So Seth Rogen came out... And he said that the movie Oppenheimer is the ideal edible scenario. It's very obvious what he meant. He meant that since it's a long movie, that edibles are something that lasts longer than just smoking or doing anything else. So that's why he likes to do it. So it enhances the cinematic moment for him. And for some reason, all these incels on Twitter are mad about this. This one guy in particular said, You're like 40, man. Why is weed still your entire deal? And I saw another, a couple other viral tweets like that that were saying. Basically, he was glorifying addiction and that someone needed to help him out and all this bullshit. So someone very correctly replied. They asked him a question during an interview and he answered. Crazy, I know. This just shows not only the sad state that journalism is in, but also... The lack of all sort of critical thinking skills that the world has at this point. It's sad, really. How is Weed his entire deal? He has so many classic movies. He has so many successful brands. He's a fuck. He's more than a fucking weed guy. Is he not? He'll need to put some motherfucking respect on Seth Rogen's name. That's all I gotta say. Because I'm gonna cub for him. I'm gonna... I'm going to hunt them down. So, here's something that's almost old news as I'm recording this, but I kind of wanted to talk about it. So, Doja Cat hates her fans. <laughs> the Doja Cat fans have started calling themselves kittens with a Z, 
Which is fruity, I know. I'm not a Doja Cat fan, so I don't have to worry about that. But it's a stan culture thing, you know. There are barbs. If you're a Nicki Minaj fan, you're a, you're a member of the Spice Cabinet. If you are an Ice Spice fan, everyone has their cutesy little names, and that makes them easier to talk about online. And that obviously helps you in so many ways, your career, whatever. So Doja Cat has fucking had enough of it. She tweeted, My fans don't name themselves shit. If you call yourself kitten or fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. She lost like a million followers after that, bro. Like, (laughs) people were fucking pissed about that. Kind of rightfully so, I feel like, because... To like Doja Cat enough to tweet about her and call yourself kittens just to be spit on and disrespected like that and say, if you like my music, fucking go get a job. Go get a job! Oh, fuck. (laughs) And after that, a couple of the Doja Cat fan pages deactivated and, like, Someone like Time Magazine interviewed him, which I think is so hilarious and shows what a trash time we live in. Get it? Time. And those fan pages said, you know, we work hard to promote Doja Cat stuff, and that's kind of our thing. And we wanted to show her, you know, how quick that support can be withdrawn. Here's where I have some cognitive dissonance with the situation. I think stan culture is bullshit. I think it's stupid. I think that if there's any artist that you just have unconditional love for and you support everything that they do, I think you're a little crazy because I don't have a single artist like that. I don't have a single artist where I try to gas up every bad thing that they've ever done. My favorite artist of all time, if you know me, you already know the answer, are Kendrick Lamar and Lupe Fiasco. Both of them have bad songs. Both of them have questionable moments in their career. So I don't just sit up here and act like... Some people literally say that. Some people literally say, this artist has zero bad songs. You don't even believe that, bro. You literally do not even believe that. So if I go in your phone right now, and you said that Future does not have a bad song, that means that if I go on your Spotify... You will have every single future song added to your playlist. I know that that's not true. I'm calling you out. I know that that's not true. I mean, Kendrick Lamar has that awful song, uh, No Makeup Today. That's one of the worst songs I've ever heard, man. And I kind of get that he's trying to put it in the concept, but it's just aged so horrible, man. And Lupe's got songs like that, too. I can't think of one on top of my head, but I could probably find one. In fact, I should find one just for the sake of fairness. Oh yeah, that wasn't hard to find. So there's a song called Heart Donor where it has this awful hook from this guy named Pooh Bear. Grown ass man calling himself Pooh Bear. And it's just painful to fucking listen to. I'm gonna play a part for you right now. Like, like, 
So if I was a Lupe Fiasco stand, I'd be like, Lupe has zero bad songs. That song is fire. You're just hating. If you heard that on the radio, you'd be dancing to it. Okay, bro. So to some degree, Doja Cat's in the right for kind of fighting stand culture. But it's also like, you're shitting on your own fans, bro. Like, what are you doing? That would be like if I was working as a salesman and I got up on the on my desk in front of all my associates and I was just like, my customers are fucking idiots. <laughs> I don't know why they need this shit that I'm selling. <laughs> they need to do something better with their life. Any other profession, that would be absolutely crazy and that would be a cry for help. But because it's music, because it's on Twitter, does not follow the same rules with the rest of society. Although maybe it does, because she's gotten crazy backlash for that. So I don't know. Couple celebrity deaths that made me sad. Angus Cloud, who was a star on Euphoria, he tragically passed away yesterday when I recorded this. He was literally like my favorite character in Euphoria. I feel like his acting was great. I felt like he was a great young talent that could have really done something. That could have really been one of those guys. Because he plays a drug dealer in Euphoria. And he plays super even keel all the time. But the emotional death that he put into his character as this even keel, you know, machismo type of guy. It was very impressive. He was one of the main reasons that I loved that show. So, now that he's gone, it makes me very sad. And well wishes to his family and everything. I know that they've been going through a lot. The other day, Pee Wee Herman died. And Paul Rubens. Rest in peace. I loved Pee Wee Herman so much. I didn't know that he was 70 years old. He looked good for 70 years old. And it makes sense, though, because he had all of those... Like the Christmas special of Pee-wee's Playhouse that I always watch every year. He's got like Charo in it. He's got a very young Lawrence Fishburne. So I shouldn't have been surprised that he was that old. But cancer's a fucking son of a bitch and it affects everybody. It's just very sad. If you haven't watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the movie, the Pee-wee movie... You have to. One of the funniest movies, one of the most quotable movies, one of the most underrated classics of all time, in my opinion. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to talk about. I'm excited to go to Miami. You all might get an episode next week, you might not. If you all do get an episode, it might not be your regular standard episode of the podcast. But... That doesn't mean that we can't still have a good time. Because see, see what fun that we had this episode? You all thought I couldn't do it. You all thought that I could not do this entire episode by myself. You all might have been right. Because that might not, this might not have any production value to it whatsoever. I'm excited to go to Miami. It's going to suck driving like 16 hours of a day. It really will. But... I got the most fire playlist going. I hope that Connor, who I'm driving with, 
is going to appreciate my taste in music because he's more of a classic rock guy. And I tried to mix up the genres on the playlist as much as I could, but you know me, you guys. It's going to be mostly rap. It's going to be mostly bangers. But my my idea is if I'm driving most of the time, I want to be, you know, fired up and ready to go. When me and Caroline drove down to the panhandle for spring break, she cued a bunch of songs that kind of made me want to kill myself. They were just so slow and sad. And I was like, Caroline, you are going to make me want to drive off of this road. And and she felt a type of way about it. But, you know, it, was not, not a knock, it wasn't supposed to be a knock against the music. Because I love sad music. When I'm alone in my room, that's usually what I'm playing. In fact, after this episode is finished... That's probably what I'm going to do. Go play sad music in my room. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. That's going to suck. It's the first doctor's appointment I've had in five years. I hope that they won't tell me that I'm dying. Let me let me knock on wood while I say that. Because it's a funny joke, but it might be true. But it's a new doctor, so I'm so excited to get poked and prodded by somebody new. I have to fast from midnight to my appointment at 11 tomorrow, which... We'll see how able I'm, I am to do that. It might be some fucking Ramadan shit where I just have to gorge myself at 11.59. And after the cutoff, I'll just have to, you know, survive. I always tell Caroline, though, that I have a few limitations that that I've been given. It hasn't been my height. It hasn't been, you know, my intellect. Hasn't been how funny I am. Hasn't been how good I am at basketball. But my limitations are, one, I have a very sensitive internal temperature. If the AC's going for a bit too long, I might need to put a blanket over me. I get cold very easily. And then in the car, I definitely feel that because I'll blast the AC of myself and I'll get chilly for a second. Then I'll turn it off and I'll immediately be hot again. That's one of them. The other one is I am incapable of functioning if I have less than eight hours of sleep. Call me a puss if you want, but if I have seven hours and 50 minutes, I am not going to be able to think straight during the day. The third limitation is that if I am even slightly hungry, I am not a good person. It's good that the people around me know that a lot of the time when I'm being a dick, it's just because I'm hungry. Because if you just saw my seemingly purposeless mood swings every day, then you might be like, yeah, that guy might be a fucking dick. He might be kind of bipolar. But thankfully, Caroline's known me long enough where she knows, oh, he just needs to eat, bro. He's getting hangry. He needs something to eat. I wonder how much I would overshare if I just kept this podcast going. (laughs) You all want to find out? No, I don't want to find out. Because the next thing you know, I'll be talking about, you know, my daddy issues and shit. And then I'll really expose myself on this here telecast. So thank you all for listening. I hope that that was a somewhat enjoyable show for you guys. Next week, we are going to have... A entirely different show, but we're going to keep the ball rolling. 
because that's just the type of guy that I am. If you go check the bio for shit, you will see our social media handle. Go follow us on Instagram right now if you haven't already. Preston's excited that we've been getting more and more interactions recently, which it's about damn time. He's been putting in the work for a long time. He's always posting his memes and stuff. He he puts a good amount of work into being the social media manager of this platform. So do that. If you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. If you are on Spotify, give us a thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube already, you have that option now as well. If you all have not listened to the Highly Suspicious Podcast playlist yet, then you should do that. It has every musical intermission that we have ever done, and we've had some bangers on We also have some songs that might be weird, but it would be shit that you might have never heard before. So... I love you, and goodbye.